What's going on, people? It's Yabai you back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are doing good. I hope y'all are doing well. I hope y'all are a lot stronger than you were last week. I hope y'all are facing this week with a renewed mind, with a renewed strength, and are ready to conquer this week with this whole coronavirus situation that's going on. I hope y'all are have more hope than last week and I hope y'all are just ready to just conquer and do what you gotta do this week and are able to face the challenges and just dominate overall and just dominate and I just I just hope everybody's doing well I just hope everybody's doing well I hope uh this whole situation hasn't gotten you to a place of just giving up hope and if it has gotten to a place of giving up hope I hope that when you listen to this podcast that you are refreshed and you are energized and you are ready to just conquer all the stuff that you need to conquer and you want to do and you want to accomplish and you're just ready to face the new day with new opportunities and new things. Just, you know, just doing great things, <laughs> I guess is the way I want to put it. It's just, I hope that I'm able to at least give you a little bit of something to brighten up your day and you're able to just get charged up to face what you need to face. Um, I want everybody to to kind of view this time period as not just a time period of inconveniences or not just a time period of unfortunate circumstances or not just a time period of just negativity and loss and all that kind of stuff. And but actually view it as a time period of opportunity, view it as a time for you to just do things that you were not maybe able to do before. Um don't see it as life happening to you, but rather life happening for you. That's something that somebody just uh, said and view it as just a time period for you to take this period in time for you to strengthen things in your life that may not have been as strengthened as they need needed to be, whether it's with your finances, whether it's with your spiritual life, whether it's with your emotional well-being, all these kind of little things, your physical well-being. This might be the perfect time for you to be able to strengthen those areas of your life. Um, somebody was saying this might be the perfect time in the spiritual sense of things. This might be the perfect time because with the whole world shut off from you, now you can actually like focus on spending time with God, you know, uh, or this might be the perfect time. You may have always been like, man, I want to work out. I want to work out. I want to work out. This might just be the perfect opportunity for you to be able to work out or as we'll be talking about more and more on this podcast, as we have been talking about on this podcast, this might be just the perfect time for you to just take a better hard earned look at your finances. Now you're not going to be able to spend money that you used to spend the way you used to spend it, but maybe this is the perfect time for you to finally achieve that goal that you always wanted to achieve of being truly financially free of being truly free from all the burdens and all the stuff from financial freedom as it's something that we've been talking about on this channel as we do it every Tuesday and every Thursday here on the Rambling Mind podcast. And you know, one of my goals is for every single person to be able to have that hope and that goal of being financially free from everything, from, from the responsibilities that can come up randomly. And my goal is to just try and push you and give you a little bit of guidance. I don't know everything. I definitely don't know everything. Rather, it's some of the things that has worked, excuse me, some of the things that has worked for me over time. 
And so I'll be, I just want to share some of those things with y'all, share some of the things that I've learned from other people, because like they say, there's nothing new under the storm. There's nothing that I'm going to say that you've probably never heard before, but maybe I can put it to you in a new way where you can learn a thing or two to help you get to the goal of being financially free. And so part of what part of that whole goal is part of what the title is in this is how to make money as a new investor, Uh, especially with the stock market going low. I know a lot of individual investors or a lot of people are looking to jump in and start not miss this wave, but actually be a part of this wave of of being in of just buying stocks and being an investor and owning companies and making some money off of these things. And it's just, I was just like, that's cool. It's really good. I'm glad more and more people want to be a part of this. And so part of that is that goal of reaching that financial freedom. And I'm hoping that through this podcast that I can give you some guidance of how to go about investing, how to go about thinking about, okay, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I buy a company? What are some of the tools that I can use? What are some of the things that I can do to be able to make money as I'm jumping into this whole new thing? And so we'll just start with that. So some of the things you have to think about before you even start thinking about investing, as this is a channel where we're going to be focused on your personal finances and your financial freedom. Some of the things you have to think about immediately is you have to ask yourself three questions. Even before you start investing, you have to ask yourself three questions. And question number one is, have I paid all my bills? Do you have, as Dave Ramsey will call it, have you budgeted for your four walls? What does he mean by your four walls? These are the four things that everybody should think about when it comes to budgeting. One is food. That's the number one thing. If we can't eat food, we can't work, we can't make more money. Two, have you paid your utilities, your bills in your house? Have you made sure that you've paid your mortgage, your power bill, your water bill, all those bills that is essential for you to live? And then three, transportation. Have you paid all the transportation in order for you to get to work? Have you taken that into consideration? Basically, do you have a budget? We talk about budgeting a lot on this channel because I believe if every single person sits down and does a budget, it will open their eyes up to see exactly how much money they actually have and how much money they actually don't have. And a lot of times when you don't budget, what you end up finding out when you do start budgeting is I'm spending a whole lot of money than I actually make. And so that's just one of the questions you have to ask yourself. Am I budgeting? Do I have the money to even start investing? Do I have that money for me to even jump into this whole investing thing, to even jump into this whole wave of buying cheap stocks and these kind of things? This is a question you got to ask yourself. And then question number two, are you out of debt? Because the thing is, if you're not out of debt, you can't have your money tied up in investments. It is important for you to first be out of debt before you even start thinking about investing. Don't just let this. I know a lot of people were already doing like a lot of uh, debt snowball, as Dave Ramsey would call it, or were already working on their debt and paying off their debt and working through that whole situation, that whole process. And then they saw these opportunities come about. It's like, ah, I really don't want to miss it. I really don't want to miss it. I want to buy the. I want to buy these stocks while they're low. I want to get invested. I want to get part of this marketing. I want to part, get part of this stuff. But don't lose the focus of what your goal is because at the end of the day, it is much more important. I was listening to Warren Buffett talk about it. And one of the things he said, he was like, look, when it comes to investing, what is a bigger deal is for you to actually own your house because when you own your house, your overhead completely shrinks. It 
completely the amount of money you need on a day-to-day -day basis he was using that as an example of why he doesn't like debt and that type of thing and he was like your overhead shrinks because all of a sudden you don't need that much cash anymore and so your whole vision changes as to how you handle your money because you don't have to think about people you owe all you have to think about now is how can i make more money off of this little bit that i have and so have you paid off your debt for those of you who are already working on it stay focused i know i was one of those who was starting to lose focus, who was running around like, oh my gosh, you know what? I got to get invested. I got to get part of this thing. I got to start doing all these different things. Stay focused. Stay on mission. Stay on task. Don't start jumping the gun just because of what's going on right now. Don't jump the gun. Stick to your plan. Stick to your plan. Ensure that you've paid off your debt so that the debt doesn't come calling later on. Because here's the thing. One of the things about debt is the servicing cost is too much. Yes, you're invested. But the servicing cost of the debt will always be eating away at you. The same thing that helps in investment compound interest, the thing that helps you get gain money and build wealth through compound interest is the same thing that counts against you when it comes to debt. It compounds interest. And so if you're trying to invest and do debt at the same time, it just doesn't work. It just works against you. And you're not able to accomplish the goal that you want to accomplish for yourself. And then the third question you have to ask for yourself is, do I have an emergency fund? Because as we are seeing right now, a lot of things are happening. A lot of stuff is going on. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's so important that we have that emergency fund in case anything happens. We got not not to make light of anything. We got people who are losing their jobs. We got people whose hours are being cut down. And even me, like some of the things that I was doing on the side, I can't do those things anymore because of the situation we're in right now, because of Mr. COVID coming in the door and just breaking down doors and doing whatever he wanted. But it's so important. Have that emergency fund. I always tell, I say it on this channel repeatedly, start with a $1,000 emergency fund that you don't touch. This will teach you how to save money. This will teach you how to start thinking outside the perspective of Oh, every money that I come comes into my bank account, I got to spend it. Every dollar that enters my bank account, I got to spend it. I understand everybody is in a different financial situation. That's why I say even starting off with an emergency fund of just $500, finding a way to just save $500, it will really, really reduce the stress upon your life. And then it will just change your perspective. The thing is, when you have an emergency fund, what happens is emergencies become inconveniences when you have an emergency fund. Emergencies become inconveniences because it, it becomes like I was talking to my sister and she had to do something with her car and she was just upset. Like she was like, man, I, and I have to spend this money over on do this thing for my car. And then it was just kind of like, yeah, it's, it's just inconvenient. And it, it was facts. It was like, rather than it being anything else, it was just like an inconvenience because she had that emergency fund that was now helping her through the situation that she was in. It wasn't no longer like, oh my God, where am I going to get this money from? How am I going to do this? I need to go do like, it wasn't, it wasn't that anymore. It became just an inconvenience of like, man, I wanted to use this money for something else, but thank God I already saved it so I can handle this situation right now. And that's what an emergency fund does for everyone. Your head doesn't have to explode every time a situation arises. Rather, it's just kind of like, ah, 
well, I guess I only use this money for what I want to use it for. I'll just use it for the situation that came about. And that's the same thing. Having an emergency fund just completely, just reduces all the stress, a lot of the stress of life. And so I really, really, really want you to ask yourself these three questions. Do you have a budget? Have you sat down to consider how much money am I actually getting in my account? How much money am I actually making? How much money am I actually spending? What is that budget? Do you have you paid off your debt? Are you or are you still in debt? You got to ask this question. And then finally, do you have an emergency fund so that when circumstances come up, you're able to deal with it? So that's the first three questions you got to ask yourself before you even get to the point of saying, you know what? I want to start investing now. So you got to deal with those three things before you think about anything else when it comes to investing. But, and if you answered no to any of those questions, in other words, if you answered, no, I don't have an emergency fund. No, I don't do a budget. So I don't really know how much I'm spending. I'm just kind of spending money any which way. And no, I haven't paid off my debt. Please, please. I beg of you. I beg, I beg, please just come and see your way out. Don't, don't even start listening to the rest of this podcast. Just, you know, put on pause, go back to some of the other episodes that we've talked, I have, you know, go back and see some of the ways you can pay off your debt, some of the ways you can uh, save an emergency fund, some of the things you can do with that, and then come back to this podcast and then start learning about investing because you can't win a battle on two fronts at the end of the day. Whenever, what was it, uh, Napoleon, if you guys know anything about Napoleon, the dictator, the French dictator who was literally conquering the earth. How did he get stopped? He tried to fight a war on two sides. He tried to fight a war on two ends. Even if you think about the war, World War II, what happened during World War II, Hitler stressed his, uh, stretched his forces too far on both ends. Thank God that he did. He was fighting the Russians on one side and he was fighting the uh, allied powers on the other side. So you can't fight a war on two ends. You will like. It just, you're not able to do as much as you want to do as quickly. And then at the end of the day, you just get stressed out and you get burnt out. So focus on one thing at a time and deal with it before you start doing a million things at the same time. So anyway, for the rest of y'all who are still listening to this. So some of the things when it comes to investing, there are three main do nots that I believe, this is not the same thing for everybody, but for me, there are three main things that I want to talk about as far as it comes to investing that we should all not do when you start investing. For all my entry-level investors out there that I have done some of this stuff and it has just backfired on me. And so I don't want y'all to make the same mistakes that I have made. I want y'all to make better decisions that I have made so you guys can learn from my mistakes. They say wisdom comes not from those who make mistakes and learn from them, but rather from those who learn from other people's mistakes. And so learn from the mistakes that other people have made. Some of these things I'm going to talk about are some of the mistakes that I've made and some of the mistakes that I've seen other people make. Sometimes being wise or being the smartest guy in the room is just doing, is, is not what you do, but rather what you do not do. It's looking at other people and seeing what they're doing and then doing, making sure you don't make the same mistakes that they made. So let's get into it. The first thing is do not trade. 
do not trade of any kind don't do options trading don't do stock trading don't do any kind of trading don't trade please i beg of every single one of y'all that are listening to this do not trade you will lose your money you will lose your money if don't day trade don't do any of that stuff you will lose your money i promise you this is without a doubt there is no way that you by yourself sitting at your computer is going to be smarter and you're not even doing it 100 of the time first of all and then on the other side you're going up against computer systems you're going up against major banks you're going up against ai systems that are built to do to make sure that they make money off of you so please do not go on youtube searching how do i day trade how do i make sure that i'm making money off of this stuff don't day trade on this channel we're going to be focusing on long-term investor investments if you think about some of the greatest and greatest investments of our day guess what every single one of them are long-term investments I'm talking about people like Warren Buffett, which everybody calls the granddaddy of investing. Like literally the dude who has opened doors for you and I like to think about, okay, how do I make sure that I'm making money in more than one ways? So long-term investing is your best bet. It is not trying to make a quick buck today. Every, I, I don't know why it is that in, when it comes to investing, everybody believes that you can make a quick dollar. Anything else in life where people will see like, oh, you make a quick, everybody will be like, okay, that's a Ponzi scheme or that's a scheme of some sort. There's no way you can just make money like that. It doesn't, it doesn't work. There's no way you can just make money like that. But for some reason, when it comes to investing, everybody buys into the theory that if I day trade or if I trade options or if I trade stocks, I can make money. You will lose. It's all you're doing at that point is you're gambling. Yes, there'll be a few people that win. This, isn't that how gambling works? When you walk into a casino, there are always people who are going to win. But a majority of people are going to lose. I don't want y'all to fall into the trap of being some of the stories that I read on Reddit of people who have lost everything because they got into day trading and they got into trading and they got into stock trading and option trading. At the end of the day, you don't spend enough time studying the market, reading the market for you to be able to to day trade or do any of this kind of option trading moving on from there number two the second thing don't go in blindly don't go into buying stocks and being a part of this investing market and doing all these things blindly do your research do your research any company that you want to buy into make sure you're researching that company Make sure you're learning about what are the financials of this company. How do I see that this company is actually going to grow? Do you believe in that company? When you take your money out, just like when you go buy any product and you watch reviews online, like if you buy a new phone, at least for me, I mean, most people just end up just buying the new iPhone. They don't really research it. But for the most part, like if you're buying a car, if you're buying a house, if you're buying anything for the most part people are going to be like hmm what do i need to look for a laptop all of these things people are going to be like hmm do i want to buy this product a or this product b it's the same thing you have to do when it comes to investing 
you sit down and you learn you don't even have to like spend an hour or two hours it's literally like 15 minutes learning about the financials of the company learn not even the financials or everything about the company it's just some of the things that you need to look at so for example you know what before we, let me just go into something to show y'all of some of the things that i look at so there's a there's a site i go to it's called seeking alpha it literally will take you like next to 15 minutes. So for example, one of the companies that I'm huge on is is uh, Microsoft. But of course, most people are huge on Microsoft. But I'm really big on Microsoft, mainly because I use their products. This is another thing you have to do when it comes to when you're investing. Do you use their products? Do you believe in their products? If you do not believe in their products, then why are you buying their share? Like why? But anyway, this is just like a quick research that you can do on literally any company like it will take you like five minutes one of the things you can do is like for me one of the things that I started doing is being a, a dividend investor but when I first started what I would look at is growth I would go over to their growth matrix and look at what how how have they grown year over year how have they grown year over year when I first started I'll just look at the summary and just do max has this company consistently grown over time or have they tapered off so like I usually will look at like a 10 year of where they've been over the last 10 years and what is the return that you can expect from a company from the last 10 years, right? So like on this site, I will just come on this site and I'll just look at, okay, how have they been over the last 10 years? Where have they been in the last 10 years? What's their market cap? So their yield is 1.49, okay, cool, okay. And then I'll go, what is their earnings? I'll be like, have they been growing year over year? Like, this came back from a search. Ah, Google, that's not who I needed. And you look at like, you just look at some of the basic stuff like, okay, fiscal year, have they continued to beat their expectations or have they been fail failing year over year? And I just look at that stuff real quick. But the main thing, the main thing that I would look at for most of y'all, because I'm also focused now on dividend growth, is I'll look at their dividend history, their dividend scorecard. Like, so some of the main things that I focus on when it comes to dividends, when I'm looking at companies for dividends, which is what I'm focusing on recently is I look at their dividend yield. I look at their pay, payout ratio, and then I go over to the growth. How have the dividend growth all time? Have they continued to grow as a company paying out dividends? In case you guys don't know, we've talked about it previously, but dividends are just basically when a company pays you because you own their shares to make it the simplest way possible is basically how do they pay you? So those are some of the things that I look at. Or in fact, these are the things that I look at when it comes to investing in companies. I pay very, very big attention to like, what is the dividends that the company is paying? But then I also look at their growth as well. Is this company a company that will continue to grow over time? Is this a company that will not like just all of a sudden just shutter off over time? So something else I would look at, and then another thing I would look at is their earnings. Where is that? Where is that tab? Uh, key data. Their financials, like I was talking about. So you go to key find key data. Come on, and then I look at like their total revenue. I look at okay. So how much money are they bringing in the door? Is it actually growing year over year? Are they growing or are they shrinking? And then from there, I also look at their net income. Are they making money? So net income. Total revenue is the total amount of money that you're bringing into the business. And net income is like the actual money that they have on hand, the profit that they're making. After they've paid all their expenses and everything, how much profit are they making? Are they shrinking or are they growing? 
And that's something that I look at. So this is just a couple of tools that I use to research companies. Like it's something that anybody can do it. Anybody can use these tools to research companies. Don't go in blind. And then another thing you can do when it comes to researching company is like, do you believe in the company? Do you actually believe in the company that you are buying into? Or are you just buying into it because it's the new wave? Because it's the hot thing. Like, is that why you're buying into a company or do you actually use their services? Do you believe that this is a company that I see over the long term of things is actually going to grow? Do you believe in the values of that company? Does it line up with your values? For example, if climate change is important to you, if um, uh, being environmentally secure and being environmentally conscious is important to you, are you investing in those kind of companies? Like, for example, I don't expect anyone who is a big climate change person to be like necessarily big on Shell. But I'm big on Shell because I use Shell gas a lot. A lot. And so for me, like for me, I'm like, okay, Shell. Dividend yield. Oh, my God. That's a little bit high. <laughs> that's extremely high. But like I'm like I'm big on Shell because I use their products regularly. I use their products regularly. Oh my gosh, that's a little high. That's that's payout ratio is a little high. That should be closer to like 50%. Oh my god, that means they're taking debt to be able to pay their to be able to pay their uh pay anyone that's in the company. That's not good. That that is not that is not good. What's going on here? Oh, I think okay, 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 okay. Hold on. That makes sense because of the climate that we're in. A lot of these numbers are going to look really jacked up because of where we are right now because of how bad things have been over time. So, um, so yeah, so we're not going to look at these numbers too bad because as we all know, the oil and gas industry right now is facing all kinds of circumstances because of the war between the, uh, between Saudi Arabia and Russia and on pricing and all that stuff. So we're not looking at that. But the point is, I don't expect most people who are, who are a, who are big on the environment to be invested in companies like Exxon or companies like Shell. You know, that doesn't make sense because if you're, if you're somebody who cares about the environment, these companies are not necessarily diversifying themselves into being more thoughtful about the environment so don't go in blind do your research think about the company that you are about to buy into it is your money that is spending and then finally do not invest in fear do not when you start investing the question you have to ask yourself is do i have a stomach for this can i handle seeing my money go from fifteen thousand dollars to nine thousand dollars can I handle seeing my money basically just lose all the value that it should still have? Do not invest in fear when it comes to this stuff. And also, and part of that is also don't invest with the idea of FOMO, fear of missing out. Like you see a new wave, you see a new kick, you see a new style and you're like, you know what? I want to be part of that. I want to be part of the new wave. I want to be part of that new thing that's happening. Do not invest in fear. So like like I said, do you have the stomach for this? Can you handle seeing companies basically take L's? Seeing your portfolio, I'm just gonna show you guys a new a quick picture of 
my of my uh, Robinhood portfolio. Seeing your portfolio, this was one that I just recently started. I started in what is it, uh, December 2018, and seeing your portfolio go from 400 plus dollars to tank into 372 dollars, and you losing over 50 bucks all time. Are you okay with seeing the market go like this, and then just tumble, just tumble down because of whatever the situation was that's going on? The key thing with investing is do you have the stomach for it? Because I'll show you guys this, S&P 500, S&P 500 over time. Something you have to think about is do you have the stomach for your money to just, for the market to keep dipping and dipping over time? The market will recover, but are you okay for the times when it dips? That's why it's important for you to have your emergency fund. For you to have all the other things in place so that when that happens, you're not digging into your investing fund, but rather you're just leaving it and letting it survive on itself. So like, think about the S&P 500 after the, this was after the 2000 crisis. You remember Y2K, the entire market just died. So you see that nosedive and then it started coming back up. And then again, this is the 2008, 2009 recession that we had market nosedive. Are you okay with this happening? Are you okay with that? Seeing your money basically lose all its value. But then since then, look at the market. It comes right back up. But now we're we're back in another recession. So it's just, do you have the stomach for this? Can you handle your money doing all of this stuff? My advice is for anybody who is investing right now, stop looking at the market every day. It will swing. Like you, There's nothing you can do about it. It will swing every single day. There's nothing you can do about it. Like if you look at this thing too much, it'll just give you a heart attack. So don't look at it every day. But then you have to ask yourself the question, do you have the stomach for this though? Are you okay with taking L's when you do this? So that's just a few things that you got to think about when it comes to investing. So the other thing I was going to talk about real quick was like some of the platforms that I use, the broker that I use is Robinhood. And really, when I first started out investing, I used Robinhood just because of the idea of like, oh, I want to own a company. And so I just bought Microsoft. And since then, I've bought a few more companies. But even now, like I'm looking at my portfolio and it's just like, ugh. like the companies that I'm invested in right now, I'm just because I started out just buying shares. I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just buying companies because it was fun. Right. I was just buying companies because it was fun. But now I'm actually like paying attention, doing research and actually paying attention to what's going on in the market. So it's just something for y'all to think about. I use Robinhood, but in all honesty, and I'll leave a link if you want to use Robinhood, I'll leave a link for y'all to, uh, if you sign up for Robinhood, you get a free stock and I get a free stock. So I'll invite you. I'll put a link down in the show notes, or if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll put it down in the description for you to be able to join Robinhood as well. So, so I'll, uh, so I'll put that down there so that everybody can be a part of this. But yeah, um, but one of the things I don't really, oops, let's go back to portfolio. One of the things I don't really like about, like, like about Robinhood and the way it displays my portfolio, like if we go here and we go to account, I don't like the way it displays the whole thing, right? Like the way it displays it is just, is not, it's just not that good. It's not that great. It's not that great. I don't like the way it breaks it down and everything. Um, 
I prefer the way M1 Finance does it. Like M1 Finance, I just found out about it. A friend of mine told me about it and then I started watching YouTube videos and I found out more about it. And I just think M1 Finance is a little bit better, especially for me not to have consistent interaction with my with my portfolio, but for it to just kind of do its own thing over time for a little bit. And then every once in a while, I'll come and manage some stuff. It's a lot more automated. It allows you to do fractional shares, which Robinhood is still pushing out the system, but it hasn't gotten to that point yet, which is annoying. Um, so yeah, um, so I'm thinking I might start a, a M1 account. I might do both. I mean, you never have to just do one. I can, I can, I'll probably end up doing both just to see how they both work for me. Like one of the things I love about the uh, M1 is just the idea of like the automated system where it will automatically balance my portfolio properly. I can buy partial shares of a company and then I can customize my portfolio to look the way I want it to look. And I just love the outlay, like the way it puts it in this pie system to show, hey, this company has this much portfolio in your system. And then you can even break it down further to show like, hey, you can have a technology company portfolio or pie chart you can have a uh consumer services pie chart those kind of things i just i just prefer the way m1 has looks over Robinhood. Robinhood is good if you if for just starting out but for like actually like in-depth parts of my portfolio it's just not as good as i would like it to be if that makes any sense but anyway that's all I got for y'all today. And before I leave, we'll just go back over some of the three. The We started off with three things that you should, three questions you should ask yourself before you start investing. Question number one was, oh crap. Oh my gosh, come on now. Question number one was simply, do I, uh, do you budget? Have you budgeted? Do you have a budget to know how much money you're actually making before you start spending money that you may need on investments? Two, are you out of debt? Or are you still paying debt? Are you out of debt? And then three, do you have an emergency fund? Because life will happen and life does happen. And then from there, we talked about the three don'ts of investing. We said don't number one, do not day trade. Do not do trading of any kind. Be a long-term investor. If some of the greatest investors and one of the investors I pay a lot of attention to in and what's his name? Uh, Warren Buffett says that day trading is stupid. And he is, as we all know, the third richest man on the face of the earth. Guess what? I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to listen. I'm going to pay attention to that. And then two, do your research. Don't just walk inside blind. Do your research. Know what companies you want to be invested in. What companies you want to be a part of. And then three, don't invest in fear. Ask yourself the question, do I have the stomach for this? Do I have the stomach for when the market goes down and then all the growth and all the money that I've put inside there, all of a sudden I lose all of that. I lose all the value. These are three things you have to think about before you start investing and then while you're investing. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all. I hope y'all got one or two things out of this entire thing. But I'm going to hit y'all up on another one. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And I'll catch y'all later. Peace.